Well, good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Once again, it is my privilege to say welcome to Wow, What a Show. My name is Phyllis, and I am the host. Uh, this evening, we will be reading the Gospel of John, chapter 8. Chapter 8. I'm so very pleased that all of you are here. Thank you so much for coming. And if you would bear with me a little while, I'm going to send out some invitations for others to join us. You know, it's been a very uh, blessed day. God is really good in every way and at all times. And I want to always acknowledge that. Remember, we quote uh, Psalm 19, the heavens declare the glory of God, the firmament showeth his handiwork. Day unto day utter speech, night unto night shows knowledge. There is no place where this language is not heard. May God be praised. He is a wonderful, wonderful Lord. And I um, just cannot say enough that as I stumbled on the title of this show, right? Wow, what a show. It's because of uh, something that I heard Ravi Zacharias tell when he he um, invited his grandson, his grandson came to hear him speak, and the child looked up and saw Ravi on screens every which way in this auditorium down there somewhere. I think it was Atlanta or thereabouts. Now the thing is, you know, he saw his grandfather. He was projected up there on that screen, and he said to his mom, "This is some show or something to that effect, right?" And from that, I I picked up on it, and I thought. If Ravi was some show, <laughs> God, you know, is some show as we look out every day from dawn to uh, the following dawn, the amazement that we see if we are looking, right? The beauty of God's creation is such that we get accustomed to it because it's with us all the time. It's always with us. You know, he does not hold back the beauty. Oh, good evening, light touch there. How are you? He doesn't hold back the rain, the sleet, the sun, the snow, you know, until he does. It doesn't always do that every winter or, and we don't have rain every day, but he continues to uh, uphold this world by the power of his, of his word and his hand. When he says snow, it snows, and uh, whatever he is saying, whenever he is saying it, it is as he has planned and as he wills. So uh, I thank you for being here. This is why what a show, and God is truly, truly every day the star of the show. So tonight we're going to read from the Gospel of John chapter 8. The Gospel of John, chapter 8. And it's rather one of those exciting uh, chapters because something is always happening that is exciting when Jesus Christ is on the scene, you know. That's why the wonder of living in his presence is um, an opportunity. It is a wonder, but it's also an opportunity for us to experience miraculous things in a day. So uh, we're going to begin with prayer, of course. Father, you are indeed the star of the ages, as the song writer has written. We have so few words to explain our awe of you and our amazement at what you do. And you do it all in the universe and all around us, right? And scientists keep discovering more and more of the vastness of this created uh, space in which we live. But you do it for us in our personal lives as well. As you unveil yourself in your word, you unveil for us the love and the hope that we have in knowing you, the forgiveness that comes. Oh, just to be forgiven. Glory to your name. Thank you, Lord. We ask you to walk with us through our reading 
and help us to hear, no, open our blind eyes that we may behold wondrous things in thy law and heal our deaf ears that we may not only hear but heed your word, your direction for us. And we ask you, Father, to keep us on tasks and to keep us always in your presence. I pray in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen and amen. So, excuse me, I am sorry. I have a little something going on in the digestion department, but God is with us. And I pray that um, you guys will um, hang with me and that I won't get all discombobulated and bumfuzzled. What's the word? (laughs) Well, confuzzled. I suppose is a good way to put that uh, and that I'll be able to read and see everything very clearly. So here we go. We're in John, the Gospel of John, chapter 8. Um, light touch, it would be lovely if you could join me in the coastal. But you're, sometimes your phone is very low. If you feel up to it, you could come and sit with me and we would discuss this together or... You could um, remain where you are, and con- you give such great comments. I just love to read what you have to say. And so um, if you send the invitation, I'll try to see it. And uh, God bless you. I love those hearts. They're so lovely. And if not, then just comment as you will. I appreciate you so very much. Uh, there's one one more invitation that I want to send out because uh, I someone told me they were glad that I had in, you know, invited them. I, I didn't. I don't really call myself inviting anyone, but people have asked me to send um, the links because they have trouble getting in. So that's what that's all I do. I come in and and I'm trying to do that because I have to do it from within the uh, live podcast. I can't do it until we do that. Oh, good evening, David. Oh, my David, it's so good that you're here. And my dear, dear son in Christ, Tony Ritchie, God bless you. I'm glad that you are here as well. Okay, so we've said our prayer and we're going to begin to read from the Gospel of John, chapter 8. Chapter 8. Here we go. Jesus went unto the Mount of Olives, and early in the morning he came again into the temple, and all the people came unto him, and he sat down and taught them. And the scribes and Pharisees brought to him a woman taken in adultery, and when they had set her in the midst, they said to him, Master, This woman was taken in adultery in the very act. Now Moses in the law commanded us that such should be stoned. But what do you say? This, they said, tempting him that they might have uh, to accuse him. They were trying to gather stuff against him so that they could. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, Light touch. I'm sorry. A lot of call in light touch. I don't know what you, what happened there. Anyway, send me the invitation again and I'll bring I, uh, please excuse me. So they were trying to trick him up so that they could accuse him, right? And so, uh, we are now in verse six. I'll read it again. This they said, tempting him that they might have to accuse him. But Jesus stooped down and with his finger wrote on the ground, um, as though he, heard them not. He just wrote on the ground like he didn't even hear them. So when they continued asking him, he lifted himself up and said to them, he that is without sin among you, let him cast the first stone at her. And again, he stooped down and wrote on the ground and they which heard it being convicted by their own conscience went out one by one beginning uh, at the eldest, even unto the last. And Jesus was left alone, and the woman standing in the midst. When Jesus had lifted up himself and saw no one but the woman, he said to her, Woman, 
Where are your accusers? Has no man condemned you? And she said, No man, Lord. And Jesus said unto her, Neither do I condemn thee. Go and sin no more. Hmm. Go and sin no more. Then spake Jesus again to them, saying, I am the light of the world. He that followed me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. You know, I, I, I'm going to stop because I don't want to um, to miss the words that are coming forth in an explanation. Here it is. Jesus is literally sitting in the temple teaching a group of people who have come to him after the celebration of the gift of tabernacles. I think this is really important because the the, the celebration, the holiday, the um, feast of tabernacles, it's known to some as Sukkoth, right? So this was the, the time when the Jewish people remembered how God had taken care of them when they lived in tents in the desert coming into the land of Canaan after they were, uh, you know, they crossed the Red Sea, came out of bondage in, e in Egypt. There they are out there in the uh, desert. And God took care of them. The word says their shoes didn't even wear out on their feet, and yet they were out there for 40 years. So they've just had this celebration. Jesus is followed by a group of people into the temple. He's teaching them, and in come the scribes and the Pharisees interrupt the teaching to hook him up with this woman. They throw the woman in the midst of her. Now remember, adultery is an act between two people. It isn't just one person. So they must have had a vendetta against the woman because uh, she had been caught in the act of adultery. They might have been following her around. Uh, someone might have come and snitched on her. I don't know. They didn't bring the man they brought the woman and they throw her down right there to humiliate her in the presence of all these people. And Jesus Christ did something that's so like Jesus Christ. He ignored that petty stuff, that, that thing that people can get so involved in. She's an adulteress. She's an adulteress. Stone her. Throw her out. You know, we could have a long discussion about this with regards to certain people who are marginalized, minimized, denigrated within a society because men have created standards and they think they are pleasing the Lord in so doing. Our faith is not about behaviors though good behavior results from our faith and fellowship with the Lord. Remember, we are looking through this chapter to see the faith and the fellowship between Jesus Christ and the disciples and the people with whom he interacted. And I think this is one of those moments when you say, there it is, there it is. Jesus Christ, sitting there teaching, they come in and just throw this woman down and accuse her of adultery. And they said they had witness of it, right? So in the Jewish law, adultery was a crime. It really was a crime. And people really were punished for it by death. But you had to have several witnesses. You really had to prove beyond a shadow of doubt. And at this time, you know, that was the law of Moses. Jesus Christ telling them, you know, the law of Moses gave you that. This is where I see, once again, the new covenant coming forth. And the new covenant really is the interpretation of the law by the Spirit as God had given it to the Israelites. He didn't want them to move so strictly by the by the letter, by the letter, by the letter of that law. But he wanted them to embody that law and live it out 
And so here he comes. I'm almost convinced that that's why he gives the new covenant, because in the new covenant, he says the letter of the law killeth, but liberty, the spirit of the law brings the liberty. We are transformed and made new. So he stoops down. Now I read a commentary and it says that in him stooping, he identifies in the lowly place with the woman that they've thrown on the ground. And then he even ignores, he doesn't even look up to, 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 to listen to all that, that they're saying about her. They're trying to bring her to absolute shame and death. Cause they said, we're supposed to stone her. But in doing this, they are trying to really accuse Jesus Christ. I'm not even sure they care whether that woman lived or died because now they're in a period of their uh, societal life where this is not really uh, a law that is enacted. And it's hard. It was hard to do it even before, according to what I've read, because you did have to have all these uh, witnesses and who follows other people into a bedchamber. Who really does that? You know, I mean, today we might do that because we are really, really a a lewd and lascivious group of folk here. But in general, the bedroom is a private matter. So people are not quite uh, trying to sneak around and get in your bedroom and hide just to see you in the act of adultery. So they're really trying to get Jesus Christ. Remember, they've been trying to lay hands on him almost since he started the ministry, but they cannot do that until the very hour that has been appointed for him to go to that cross, to be accused, to take upon him the sins of the whole world, the whole world, right? So they're doing this. So Jesus stoops, he stoops, he lowers himself in humiliation with the woman, in that position of lowliness. And then the Bible tells us he writes on the ground. Now, there is, you know, the commentaries, they study the origins of the word, etc. And it is written that that he might actually have drawn something on the ground, or he might have written their names, the accusers' names there. He is, after all, God, and he would, after all, know who they were. He could have done that. Or he could have just been doodling there, right? We don't know. But what he's not doing is giving them his attention with regards to this matter. And as he does this, they recognize something because he stands up and he says to them, let him who is without the first, without the uh, sin himself, cast the first stone. And what happens? Hmm. They file out of there from the elder to the last of them. Isn't that something? Isn't that something? I'm, I'm in verse, um, Seven. So they're asking him, what do you say? And he says, so when they continued asking him, he lifted up himself and said to them, he that is without sin among you, let him first cast a stone at her. And again, he stooped down and wrote on the ground. And they which heard it being convicted by their own conscience went out one by one, beginning at the eldest, even unto the last. And Jesus was left alone. And the woman standing, I got your light touch, there we have it. The woman standing uh, in the midst of them, right? Okay. So light touch, thank you so much for joining us, right? Very loud because you know your phone is very low and it's hard to hear. So go ahead. What did you? What say you? Well, I was thinking that um, the Lord Mm -hmm. at that moment he stooped down, Mm -hmm. he lowered himself, and he wrote or drew whatever it was. It uh, captured the attention of those the accusers. And I think it's a, a show of mm-hmm. grace and mercy that he does not 
called them yes. orally, you know. He's not yes. speaking audibly. Although they brought this woman before the crowd and before him to shame her and to also to, to entrap. It was a sort of a, a moment of entrapment for Jesus because they're always seeking how they're going to um, mm -hmm. persecute him and bring him to naught. So I thought the fact that Jesus lowered himself in that moment and he did not call anyone out to shame them publicly was a show of his grace Amen. and mercy. Absolutely. And this is a lesson for us in the new covenant. She was guilty. She was guilty, right? However, as she is thrown there, the Lord reminds us all that we are guilty. And so he invites them to cast that stone of her if they themselves are not guilty. So he could have written their sins down there for them to see. Something happened because they reacted to it after having, you know, they were goading him to actually say something so that they would entrap him. Good word, entrap him. They wanted to take him anyway. We've seen that throughout this gospel. They keep wanting to take him, arrest him, have him stand as they were just now doing this woman to be humiliated, shamed, and brought down. Jealousy in the heart of those people who are not want who who are supposed to be the respected and the the knowledgeable ones of the temple, the leaders in in uh, the uh, Judas Jew, Jewish faith. <laughs> These guys, right, are guilty. Otherwise, they themselves would not have been convicted and walked away, and they left her there. That's good, light touch. You can stay right with me if you don't mind. So I'm, we're going to pick up again. So when Jesus had lifted up himself, this is verse 10, guys, and saw no one but the woman, he said to her, woman, where are your accusers? Hath no one condemned you? She said, no man, Lord. She called him Lord. Now, what does that word Lord really say? Lord, as far as I remember, is the one who actually has the lordship over me. In other words, I bow to him. I, in calling him Lord, make him the overseer of my life and I am in submission to him. You hear the word in the uh, countries where there are monarchs, and, and lords, you know, way back in the early centuries, your lordship. I think they probably still use it in the, you know, the kingdom there in, in, in England. Yeah, people have that title. That means that you, 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 you know, you are higher than me. So I submit, she calls him lord. And he says to her, um, then, then spake Jesus again, okay, where am I? I'm in verse 11. She said, no man, Lord. And Jesus said unto her, neither do I condemn thee. Go and sin no more. Now watch this. You might think that she got away scot-free for, for sinning as she did. But Jesus Christ holds her even accountable and responsible. He calls her to repentance. Where are your accusers? There are none here, Lord. Then I'm not going to condemn you either. But you go, I'm releasing you, and you sin no more. Don't do this anymore. Don't come again. That is the language there in its full context and in its full translation. Don't do it again. When we have been called by the Lord to repentance and we repent, we go out and we try not to do that anymore. That is crucifixion to the flesh. 
Jesus says in, uh, you know, uh, maybe we're going to meet in this gospel, definitely the gospel of Matthew. Um, your sins are forgiven, but you don't just keep sinning. The, go and sin no more. Repent. What is it? Take up your um, cross. Take up the cross. And, and a lot of people say that, you know, I've heard preachers say that that means crossing out your own flesh. That to me means death in that area of my flesh. We don't die all at once, right? But it is written by the Apostle Paul. We die daily. Every day you're giving it up. You're giving it up. As the Holy Spirit shines a light on your sins and on my sins, we as believers and those who call him Lord, who know that he has the lordship over our lives, he is the ruler. I am submitted to him. We give it up. We let it die. Crucify. The affections, the flesh and its affections. That's what we do. And that's how we walk into the salvation that's already been given us. Glory to God. This is tremendous. Neither do I condemn thee. Where are your accusers? There are none here, Lord. No man is accusing me. I don't condemn you either. I'm not doing it either. But you go and you sin no more. Crucify that flesh and its affections and all that it lusts for and after. Crucify that. Take up your cross. Continually die and follow me. I love it. You know, the brilliance of God just makes me want to shout all day, every day. God is amazing. And let me tell you, there's no man who would be this brilliant. That's why the gospel is so, it's, it's transforming, transforming. It really changes us when we really read it and ask the Lord to unveil it and to cause it to be digested in us. When he said, you must indeed eat my body and drink of my blood, all he's saying is, you got to take in this word. You have to take in that. I am the word. I am the word. I am the nourishment. He says he was the bread of life. He says he's the light. He's the life. That That is how we are transformed when we take it all in. Right? Shahid writes, oh, I have, I have a, I have someone to write to me tonight, guys. Tony writes, sometimes we are too judgmental, uh, people. We are self-righteous and more, always judging people, but ignoring our lives full of iniquities and more. We have failed many times, but God never gave up on us. So sometimes we should try to figure out what someone is really going through before judging them wrong. Some people are in a certain situation because of what they are going through, but we always sit back and judge them wrongly, which is not the heart of our Heavenly Father. Glory. You have indeed eaten of his bread and drank of his blood. Because you see, when we do that, we have his heart, just like you said, Tony. We see ourselves just like whatever Jesus did on that ground. He brought those people to conviction. But when we behold our natural born selves in the mirror of the Holy Ghost, we can see also as they saw. And so we reserve, we reserve judgment and we move in with love as Christ did. I'm not condemning you, right? No condemnation here. But Go in sin no more. I'm calling you to repentance, to death, to your flesh, to the same crucifixion necessary to bring you into fellowship with me. Because light does not fellowship with darkness. Praise the Lord. Well, Miss. That's so beautiful because it really, really reiterates. God's uh, earlier speaking of um, he did not come to the world, Amen. The world to condemn the world. Mm-hmm. 
you know. But he's showing us in his daily walk with his disciples and yes. the work he did, um, showing us constantly the love of God and how we are to fulfill. Hallelujah. In love. Love. We will not do these things because we have love one for another, the love of Christ. And we only have that because. He has yes. loved us. Yes, yes, yes. And Shahid writes, sin no more. When he says go and sin no more, he says sin no more. Change your mind about that thing. <laughs> Change your mind about it. That's good. And then he writes, no longer see sin as pleasure. Ooh, we just had this conversation with my son. No longer see sin as pleasure. But start seeing sin as poison. Shahid, thank you. That is a good little uh, nugget for us to, yeah, we need to memorize that one. You, we need to walk with that. Sin is poison. <laughs> that is so wonderful. Thank you all for sharing. Yeah. Thank you for sharing. Oh, I missed one. Shahid wrote up a ways. The flesh always wants to judge too fast without trying to understand why the person behaves like that. But if you're led by the spirit, you will pray and talk to God before you run to judge. Amen. 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 I love this picture. This is the establishment of the new covenant and the church falls under the new covenant, right? And Jesus Christ is teaching in the temple, which falls under the original covenant. And these guys walk in there in the original law, throwing her down, humiliating her, bringing her to shame, calling on her death when they themselves stand in need of repentance yeah. and, forgiveness. and forgiveness. But they refuse to see the light. Let's go on because what happens next is uh, he picks up his teaching. He picks up the teaching. He just starts teaching again. Then spake Jesus again unto them saying, what does he say? I am the light of the world. He that follows me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. You know, I was reading this commentary and this guy says, I love this because I remember writing, Gabs, you may remember with me, I wrote the longest day. There was a day when I just said to the Lord, if I could just have a long day. So I could get everything done. I need for the day. And I still do have that problem. I don't like for the night to come when I have to go to bed because I really don't feel like I've ever finished the task of the present day. But as I was going upstairs and walking up, I was going up to the bathroom and I hear in my ear the scripture and there shall be no night there. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And the comment, if we could run, if we could move, if there was a train or a plane that could move at the same speed of light, you would never be in darkness. That's who Jesus is. The light, he moves faster than anything else. So when we get in him, we live continuously in the light. Even though in the physical world, the darkness does come. Night does fall because in the physical world, there are cycles and those cycles serve us as men and mankind here in this world. The constancy of the sun might cause an imbalance and we may never have food to eat or whatever it would do. I do not know. But Jesus Christ brings the light and we never have to live Again, in darkness. So all he, yeah, he didn't, he didn't call on her to be perfect. Go and sin no more. You know, doesn't mean go and don't you ever be guilty of anything else. No, that's not what he's saying. Don't come back in this sin. Don't repeat this thing. 
Yeah. Right. He gives her life. Yeah. He's already spoken life to her. And he is her light. He, 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 he lit the dark way that she's living in. This is the solution. You can have light. Isn't that wonderful? Yes. Now, you know. Know. now you know. Amen. <laughs> If you didn't know, now you know. Amen. Okay, this is a very long chapter, so we better get to stepping when it comes to the reading of it, right? So we can get through it. So the rest of all of this, now there's much in it, you know, guys, but we're not going to keep you here forever. So I just want to get through the reading of it. He says, uh, and Gabs, you can read. Let's do this. Let's divide it up. So we're at verse... um uh, I started in verse 12, so let's continue. You read 12 through 29, and I will read uh, from 31 to, I think it's 51 that we go to, okay, or somewhere in there, okay? Yeah, 58 or so. So, thank you. Join me. Go ahead. Oh, mm-hmm. at verse 12, then spake Jesus again unto them, saying, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. The Pharisees therefore said unto him, Thou bearest record of thyself. Thy record is not true. Jesus answered and said unto them, Though I bear record of myself, yet my record is true. For I know whence I came and whither I go. But ye cannot tell whence I come and whither I go. Ye judge after the flesh, I judge no man, and yet if I judge, my judgment is true, for I am not alone, but I and the Father that sent me. It is also written in your law that the testimony of two men is true. I am one that bear witness of myself and the Father that sent me beneath. Beareth, I'm sorry, but the, and the Father that sent me beareth witness of me. Then said they unto him, Where is thy father? Jesus answered, Ye neither know me nor my father. If ye had known me, ye should have known my father also. These words spake Jesus in the treasury as he taught in the temple, and no man laid hands on him, for his hour was not yet come. Then Jesus again said again unto them, I go my way, and ye shall seek me, and shall die in your sins. Whither I go, ye cannot come. Then said the Jews, Will he kill himself? Because he saith, Whither I go, ye cannot come. And he said unto them, Ye are from beneath, I am from above. Ye are of this world, I am not of this world. I said therefore unto you, that ye shall die in your sins. For if ye believe not that I am he, ye shall Mm. die in your sins. Then said they unto him, Who art thou? And Jesus saith unto them, Even the same that I said unto you from the beginning. I have many things to say and to judge of you, but he that sent me is true. And I speak to the world those things which I have heard of him. They understood not that he spake to them of the Father. Then said Jesus unto them, When ye have lifted up the Son of Man, then shall ye know that I am he, and that I do nothing of myself, but as my Father hath taught me, I speak these things. He that sent me is with me. The Father hath not left me alone. For I do always those things. Hallelujah. Now, in, in this run, and we're running quickly, we might have to come back and finish this next week because Jesus Christ has now declared himself again to be the Son of God. Even when he said, I am the light of the world. Remember, at the very beginning of the gospel, he it is written, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God, and it same dwell. And he says, he is the light of the world. In him there is no darkness. It is a repeat. It is an emphatic statement. And then he says, I testify of myself. 
whoa, in that Jewish, uh, isn't that amazing? No man can testify. Who, who in the world could stand up and say, okay, he really is one. Why? Because he told him, you've not even seen my father. You don't know my father. You don't know me. So you don't know my father. I testify because I came from, I know where I came from, and my father sent me. The witness is there. The witness is established, right? And the Jewish people had, they in the law, you have to have a witness, and there it is, right? And he has proven, but they can't get over the fact that he came from Galilee. They can't get over that fact, not understanding that he really was born in Bethlehem. So this, these people are, they're standing in front of the light and the life, but they refuse to see the light and they refuse to receive the life. And we'll find out it, yeah, it was indeed jealousy. Okay. So let's keep going. Verse 31. Then said Jesus to those Jews which believed on him, If you continue in my word, then are you my disciples indeed. Y'all, let's hear that. If you continue in my word, then you are my disciples indeed, and we shall know the truth. You shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Glory to God. Glory. You shall know the truth. And that truth, oh, I got, listen, I got a whole lot to talk about, but I'm going to keep reading. They answered him, we be Abraham's seed and were never in bondage to any man. How do you say you shall be made free? You see, in the, in the, in front of the light, can't see. They're just blind to it in, in front of life and they cannot receive it. Uh, Jesus answered them, verily, verily, I say unto you, Whosoever committed sin is the servant of sin, and the servant abides not in the house forever, but the son abides ever. If the son, therefore, shall make you free, <laughs> you shall be free indeed. Oh, ain't he brilliant? Y'all just, is he brilliant or what? You think we're talking about something out there. I'm talking about something in here. If I deliver you from the sin of your life, you are free Indeed, and I have the power to do so. I know that you are Abraham's seed, but you seek to kill me because my word hath no place in you. I speak that which I have seen with my father, and you do that which you have seen with your father. How about that? They answered and said unto him, Abraham is our father. Jesus said unto them, if you were Abraham's children, you would do the works of, of Abraham. Abraham, remember, by faith, he did exactly what God told him to do. Faith took Abraham. You would do uh, the works of Abraham. But now you seek to kill me, a man that hath told you the truth, which I have heard of God. This Abraham did not do. He didn't do that. You do the works of your father. Then said they to him, we be not born of, of form. I'm sorry. What is that? We be, fornication. We are not born of fornication. We have one father, even God. They're thinking they're some so pure and their legacy so intact. Jesus said to them, if God were your father, you would love me. For I proceeded forth and came from God. Neither came I of myself but he sent me. Why do you not understand my speech? Even because you cannot hear my word. You are of your father, the devil. He's straight at him. You are of your father, the devil, and the lust of your father uh, you will do. He was a murderer from the beginning and abode not in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own, for he is a liar and the father of it. And because I tell you the truth, you believe me not. Which of you convinceth me of sin? And if I say the truth, why do you not believe me? He that is, uh, that is of God 
knoweth God's words. You therefore hear them not, because you are not of God. Mm. Then answered the Jews and said unto him, Say we not well that thou art a Samaritan and hast a devil? Jesus answered, I have not a devil, but I honor my father, and you do dishonor me. And I seek not mine own glory. There is one that seeketh and judgeth. Verily, verily, I say unto you, if a man keep my saying, he shall never see death. Ooh, I hope you all can hear what I'm hearing here. He straight smacks them with the truth. You are of your father, the devil. You are born. You said you're not born of fornication, but you are not born of the spirit of God. Then, um, uh, so I'm sorry, where do I, where do I go? And I seek not mine own glory. See, and they are seeking their glory. They are, they are ruling against Jesus Christ because he's taking their glory. He's attracting, yeah, attracting the attention. The people are following, they're listening, they're talking about him, they're whispering, they're calling him the Messiah. These people are in jealousy. They are seeking their own glory. And then Jesus Christ is just, he's, he's uh, discerning them and he can see them for sure. So he tells them straight away. And verse 52, these then said the Jews unto him, now we know that thou hast a devil. Abraham is dead in the prophets. And thou says, if a man keep my saying, he shall never see death. Art thou greater than our father Abraham, which is dead? And the prophets are dead. What makest thou uh, thyself? Did I read it right? Who who makest thou thyself? Jesus answered, If I honor myself, my honor is nothing. It is my Father that honors me, of whom you say that he is your God. Yet you have not known him, but I know him. And if I should say I know him, what I say, what I shall, wait a minute. I'm sorry, y'all, the light is so terrible here. I should not have tried to read from my Bible. I should really have gone into this. Um, uh, Gabs, will you finish that off for me, please, ma'am? So Jesus answered, if I honor myself, my honor is nothing. It is my father that honoreth me, of whom you say, that he is your God. Yet ye have not known him, but I know him. And if I should say, I know him not, I shall be a liar like unto you. But I know him and keep his saying. Your father, Abraham, rejoiced mm -hmm. to see my day. And he saw it and was glad. Then said the Jews unto him, Thou art not yet fifty years old, and hast thou seen Abraham? Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Before Abraham was, I am. Then took they up stones to cast at him. But Jesus hid himself and went out of the temple, going through the midst of them. Look at that. You're talking about a smooth operator. Jesus Christ was absolutely God in the flesh. He was the man made uh, by God, not of the seed of a man, not of the seed of the man, but just as God proclaimed in the Garden of Eden that he would be born of a woman and that that old evil man, the devil, would bruise his heel. But God said that that son would crush his head. And that's what Jesus is doing. He's stepping all over the head of Satan right now. And see, because we think that he, he's going to the cross, he's definitely doing that. That was his appointment. That's what he came to do, to pay the price that men might be redeemed. Because you see, God is righteous and he requires, he requires a righteous and pure sacrifice for the remission, the remission of our sins. But not a man born could do it because we are very impure, impure, born after the nature of those who bore us. They sinned and fell from the grace of God. And the word says, all we like sheep have gone 
astray. We have turned each one of us to our own way. That's our condition. That's who we are. That's who we are. Jesus stands and he gives testimony. See, they look, they're looking at him as one man. <laughs> they don't see behind, they don't see behind the veil because they're looking at the law and their expectations of a, a Messiah had to do with the military. They were politically inclined. Jesus Christ didn't come to establish a kingdom here. His kingdom was not of this world and he already told them, right? Oh, beloved, beloved, my sweet, uh, loving brethren out there, this gospel is amazing. There is not a book, and I've read a lot of them. There is no philosopher. I've heard a few. (laughs) There is nothing to compare with the gospel of Jesus Christ. The remission of sins, that means that you and I can go free when we repent, when we do as Jesus, Jesus took the Lord, he stooped down a man of purity. He had no sin in him. And he took with this woman, he's even taken on her, her uh, status as a sinner. He stoops, he stoops low. How many of us can actually do that? How many of us can take the low road, right? When there's an opportunity to stand up and self-aggrandize, to be uh, caught up in the moment of our own pride. Oh God, purify, purify your people. You said you were coming back for a church without spot or wrinkle in the dark crevices of our own minds. When Father, we allow things to circulate that should never be. We ask you, Lord God, to convict us in the moment, that we will repent in the moment, that we will crucify that flesh because we submit in the moment to you for every misthought, guys, not deed, thought. A deed begins with the thought and we begin to act that stuff out. But we do not want to do that. We want to be Delivered. We want to be humbled that the Lord might cleanse us from the core inside that it would be manifest in our lives on the outside. Hallelujah. There's no greater than thee, O Lord God, and we thank you for allowing us to have this Bible in our hands that we can come and read day in and day out. We can revisit the scriptures. We can be washed in this word. We can be purified because we continuously fellowship and abide in your word and fellowship with you in your word. I pray, Father, that you would blanket every this podcast space with your presence every time we meet and that those who come to hear will take in what is good for them and share it out there with those who were not here. And they will take in what truth speaks to them because you are speaking to each of us individually. All of us are probably hearing different stuff, but that different stuff is the nourishment of our own body and the purification of the people that we are, crucifying the flesh of us to walk with you in righteousness, in holiness, to literally work out our salvation that is already given to us. I love it, Gabs, when you came up, he didn't condemn them. The word says, there is now therefore no condemnation to them who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit, right? May God be praised. Tony writes, he who is not sick doesn't need a hospital. Yeah, nor a physician, right, Tony? Jesus Christ said it in one of these gospels. Sometimes uh, these people just need someone, someone to say to them, God loves you. 
You are precious. Glory to God. You are blessed. Your dreams are valid in order for them to stay away from whatever that, that's right. Whatever has besieged them. He told these, um, these accusers of his that if you sin, you are the servant of the sin. So whom the son sets free from that is free indeed. No longer the servant of sin. And it begins receiving the love of Christ begins when we receive the love of Christ, not the condemnation, because he said he came to the whole world. Gabs, you quoted it. Quoted the game? Came not to con, but that the world through him might be the glory to God. It's a, yes, in that first chapter. That's okay. We got it. You don't have to go back. That's it. That the world through him might be saved. No condemnation, right? And Tony continues, um, if we could just say you're precious, you're blessed, your dreams are valid in order for them to stay away from whatever they are doing. But we rather put them in hell already with our words and actions towards the people. Jesus said, go and sin no more. This woman really needed that word. Can't you believe she did? That here they thrown her out there, and what woman? You know, I'm watching this thing, and they, they uh, oh my gosh, the way these football players are treating these women, and the way the women are treating, you know, just putting them in the in 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 the midst of debauchery and being used up with no value, just like a bunch of cattle, you know, mating freely on the plain. It's horrific. And then, in a, if a child or a woman loses themselves in those years. Think about what happens as they age. Think of the guilt. Think of the pain of the pleasure. I love uh, uh, Shahid wrote before. Think of sin as not pleasure but poison. Because that's what it does. It infects the body through and through. All sin, not just the sin of the sexual sins, but the sins of pride, the sins of what else can we think of? Oh my gosh, gluttony, all the sins of the world. Hatred. Yeah. Unforgiveness. It's not for, for, for God that we do these things. Amen. Amen. We put them in hell already with words and action. Yeah. Yes. You know, that we benefit from obeying and obeying. We do greatly. We have for freedom from the the sins to 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 whom we were slaves. We were enslaved by our sins. This woman really needed that word from Jesus to change from her bad deeds, and Jesus did it in a marvelous way. I love it. Thank you so much. Who is this writing here? I'm reading Tony Richard. You guys are brilliant out there. I love to hear you talk. I declare your comments are sometimes so stellar and I'm saying hallelujah, glory to God. Glory to God. And if the Lord gives me time and I write all this stuff up, trust me when I tell you I'm quoting you in it because you bring to bear those points that the Lord didn't give them to me, he gave them to you. <laughs> Isn't it wonderful? And together in fellowship, we have the fullness of a revealing of more of Christ. I love it. I thank the Lord for you. And Light Touch writes, all glory and honor. Be unto God our Father. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus Christ. What great words to end on. This is wow. What a show. <laughs> wow. He is the star of the ages. He is always performing. We are the benefits of that performance. We praise him as if applauding a good show. I'm telling you, right? 
Gabs did theater, and I I choreographed a piece that she was in. Uh, 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 and when I saw those those uh, young folk up there, I I'm her sister, you see, but she is very gifted. And so this piece that we did, we did. Don't bother me, I can't cope. Sorry, y'all. We did it, and they told me it was better than Broadway. Now we had some really good folk up there, but that that one dance, my my my, I sat out there. And my heart was swollen. I could not even believe I had a hand in it. And I applauded loudly, right? With the rest of the... It was real that night. These kids got happy on stage. I want you to know it. It was real. And the applause was like thunder. They were that good. But as good as they were, God is even better. He's so much better. He is so much better. And he is better like that every day. The heavens declare the glory of God. The firmament shows his handiwork. Day unto day, utter speech. Remember, I've, I take off in that sometimes and I can't stop. See, cause I am a, I'm a nature lover. I, I, I'm a bird watcher and all that. This is where I, I really get my, my real sense of God when I look at his world and a transformed mind. Amen. How can you not? That's right. He's in performance. And then he comes real close and he performs for you, just for you, in just the way that you needed to see that showing. He answers a prayer. He delivers from sin. He shows up in your need and your lonely hours. He is there. He is near. Even to the point where you feel and know he is right with you. Have you ever felt his embrace? Have you ever just stopped in time and let everything else around you be of no, no concern or no impact? And you just sit with this beautiful, loving father, and you cry to him, or you just talk to him, you just put your head right in his lap. You just say, God, I need you, Father. I want you near me, and you will know him. I promise you that. There's a song in my darkness, Jesus found me. Washed my eyes and made me see. Loose the chains which long had bound me. Gave me life and liberty. O glorious love of Christ, my Lord divine. How did you stoop to save a soul like mine? In all my days and then in heaven above, my soul will silence never. I worship Christ forever and praise him for his glorious love. Oh, who wrote that? What a song. What a testimony. It's beautiful. And the second verse is equally beautiful. But we're going to leave off right there. God has fed us tremendously. The delectables from his table we have received and tasted of his goodness. And again, I pray that the Lord will bless each and every one of you. And you cannot know my gratitude for you being here with me. Like I say many times, if you didn't come, I'd still do it. But when you do come, I'm blessed above measure because you see, you feed me as well. God, through you, by his spirit, feed me with those great, great comments that you make, points that I would miss if you were not here. I ask him to bless you and I ask him to keep watch between us while we are absent one from another. And let's pray for one another. Pray for the needs that all of us have. Some are financial. Some are for healing. Oh, please. Yeah, some are for healing. <laughs> some are just for peace. Some are for hope. Some for deliverance from the way Satan wants to tear our minds apart. But God is able to deliver. That's what he is testified of to these scribes and Pharisees and to those people who were onlookers. 
as he taught in the temple. We go out rejoicing. We go out rejoicing. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. Glory to God. Yes. May the Lord our God bless and keep us. And I thank you so much for coming. And hopefully you will join me again next week when we will uh, read chapter 9. I ask the Lord to bless you and give you a really good night's sleep. Thank you so much for being with me. Thank you ever so much. Good night. Good night.